Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Tonight, the plot thickens. A lot of upsets in college football weekend. And we'll be talking about that along with interviewing Wisconsin's linebacker, Garrett Dooley, on one mic. This thing right here is for my people. Yes, yes, today. Yes, yes, today. You know, as we start this show, this one might be. There is a pause. Throughout the stadium, as the man sounds like he just coughed up a lung. They're looking around. The jumbotron shows and pans the cheerleaders, and as it goes down each cheerleader's face, each one breaks up into laughter, which at this particular time destroys half the stadium. The other half is still trying to figure out what the hell just happened. Does this guy need? Uh, CPR or something And then at that particular time I lost it <laughs> Devon Trump Yes, yes, yes Today Phoenix is another place They got a great uh, training staff I mean they, they were able to breathe life back into Shaq And if you can do that then People talk a lot about their <laughs> training staff love, love. Yes, yes, today you know, as we start this show, this one mic. Yes, yes, today, as we start this show, this one mic. Yes, this is Devon Wilson, D. Wilson, known to most of the people across the RSG airways. Uh, we're back. Boy, the plot thickens today. Uh, it's getting crazy in college football. Um, the rankings will come out uh, tomorrow. Uh, but today, we, you know, we're going to try and figure some things out. Um, and we also have a special guest that we'll have here tonight uh, that uh, comes from one of our top teams uh, in America. Uh, and uh, we'll, you know, share uh, his thoughts about his team. And uh, we're looking forward to that conversation. And uh, we'll drop that on you uh, in, a, in, a, in a minute uh, here. Um, you know, I'm just it's 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 uh the Heisman race is crazy it now with uh with the way some of these teams have gone down um and so we got a lot to touch on you know uh, uh on our one mic airways we you know we go deep into the topic and today the topic is going to be college football uh because it is what is on everybody's mind uh it's what this thing is all about um it's the thing that we touch on in terms of the the business of college sports but uh, at the end of the day, we always say, you know, as real sports guys, we are fans and we we love it. Um, and so on this one mic show, we usually take a topic deep. Uh, and tonight we will be focused on uh, college uh, football and college sports 
um, around football and, and focusing on that tonight. Uh, the host and all callers are brought to you by Carbon World Health, your complete solution for fitness, health, and beauty. Go to CarbonWorldHealth.com to connect with uh, Dr. Nestor Rodriguez and his staff uh, to learn more about lifestyle medicine. You know, just tell them that the Real Sports Guys sent you. Uh, you know, they've been working with me. If you've been following me on uh, Snapchat, uh, you get the update from uh, my good friend and, uh, and partner over there, Carbon World Health co-owner. Um, uh, over there, Ashley Greer. Ashley will give you an update on what's happening. You know, I, we, the, the, the folks that we sponsor or have worked with, we work with. You know, these are people that we are connected with. Uh, you remember Res- Resistance Digital Solution, uh, LR, Larry's like family. You know, when we have somebody who's sponsoring with, uh, with us and work with us on our podcast, you can know that these are folks that we are developing a relationship with. Um, uh, and if we don't have a strong relationship with, with them, uh, they don't stay connected with us very long. But, uh, you know, Dr. Rodriguez is is uh, like a, a, a member of the family. So uh, and the team over there. And um, I, I'm definitely when you see me, uh, I've been transformed since uh, connect over there uh, with them. And so they are they are in it. Um, we have a whole bunch of other stuff happening on the RSG platform. When you check it out, go check out our big show um, uh, that we have on our podcast. And that's with myself, Marcus and Phil. Uh, we'll be dropping another podcast uh, with that uh, uh, pretty soon. Inside the Park, Hank does a special uh, podcast focused on baseball uh, that's going beyond the analytics of baseball and taking us uh, to uh, into the, the deep in the soul of baseball. You know, Hank Hank uh, will battle. He pushes back on just the numbers. Uh, he wants to get into the story behind baseball, and Hank will take you there. Uh, then we have our, our specialty podcast, Hustle and Flows, uh, that we have uh, uh, come out periodically that you'll see drop on our on our, uh, our podcast that's focused on the intersection between hip hop and sports. And that's Marcus and say cool. Say cool. Probably will be dropping. He usually drops his, uh, his uh, albums, uh, his, his rankings of the albums uh, uh, over the past year uh, sometime in January, that'll be posted on uh, real sports guys.com uh, for us. Um, so you can always go there. You can catch us on all platforms, real sports guys on Twitter, Real Sports Guys on uh, Instagram, IG, on Facebook. You can catch us there on all platforms. Uh, and then you can get me, RSGDWILS, on all those platforms. And I have people interacting with me all the time uh, on those platforms as well. So what happened in the college game? Ooh, Georgia taking the beat down from, Al- from Auburn. Auburn is kind of sneaking in to that space and doing their thing and, and quietly – uh, making noise about where they are and whether or not they belong uh, in this space, uh, in this conversation. Uh, but they definitely sent the message uh, that defense for Auburn is uh, is sick. Uh, they're, they're getting after it. Um, their running back uh, that they have, uh, uh, Johnson, um, didn't score a, a touchdown. But when you look at the way he uh, ran the football, uh, he uh, he sent the message that he – wants to be considered uh, for that Heisman conversation uh, and wants to be uh, in that mix uh, as it relates to that. Um, and, and so uh, you saw, you saw them uh, really get after it um, uh, in that way and um, uh, uh, really trying to, uh, 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 you know, uh, give people a, a, a serious message there uh, when you think about the losses that came out uh, through there. Um, you know, there should be uh, 
a lot of conversation about, you know, uh, who goes there. You got Miami who, you know, when we talk about the chain, you know, I think, uh, you know, people have been talking about, you know, Alabama and it's, uh, belt that they have Tennessee and the, the can um, uh, I think Georgia has like the spike shoulder pads but when you talk about the turnover chain and and what transpired down there in uh, South Florida and you know the, the build up the tradition between the hurricanes and the Irish and I got a lot of Irish fans in my network uh, uh, which is crazy um, and, and they were quiet I had one of my colleagues today, he didn't say much. They took it on the chin down there. But the way that Miami defense was playing, the way they uh, were running the football, the way they played, um, uh, with a team like Notre Dame that has been pretty physical. Uh, they've been a physical squad getting after people. Um, uh, to have them kind of handled like that um, in the big moment, um, it it it, it – it threw me back because I thought the game was, was going to be much more competitive. Now, I did say a couple weeks ago, two teams that people are not giving enough credit, Miami and Wisconsin. And, uh, you know, Wisconsin uh, gave it to Iowa after Iowa had given it to uh, the Buckeyes um, and uh, made a statement. But also Miami, I said people weren't giving Miami enough credit. Uh, people were talking about, you know, the fact that they hadn't really pushed people around. They get the win against Virginia Tech. You know, then, you know, I said, you know, this Notre Dame game, circle that one. That's going to be the one because when, when you start to get that you feeling, there's a signature game, I said, in every you run where the team is kind of, you're not quite sure where they're at, and then they have that signature game that is a you-like win. I, and, I, and we were talking about that last week in this Notre Dame game. When you watch the next 30 for 30 uh, is, is that game is that game that, that gives you that feeling that, you know, these cats are having that kind of victory. And so uh, we see Miami starting to make that run. Um, we're going to see where they end up. Um, Oklahoma uh, stayed strong and, and took it to a tough TCU team. Uh, and, 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 and Baker Mayfield is making his run for, for the Heisman. And so there's a lot of stuff happening, a lot of shakeup. Uh, in the conversation about uh, what's going on here in terms of this college football uh, playoff run. And so this this is where we're going to spend a little bit of time tonight. You know, I say on one mic, we're going to go deep. And tonight our topic is college football because the plot thickens. And if you've been listening to me for a few weeks, I've been laying the tracks for this one. I've been talking about some teams that people don't want to really discuss and figure out what's going to go on. And we're going to hear from, uh, uh, one of our uh, 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 rising stars on that team here in a few minutes um, uh, that I've been talking about here for a while, for a few weeks, for you folks who've been kind of following and, and, and giving what I've been saying about uh, uh, college football. And my whole thing is about we have an evaluation tool. And I've been saying whatever that evaluation tool, apply that evaluation tool equally across all of these teams. Don't be don't be fair weather with it. You know, if you got a way in which you're looking at Alabama, apply it that way. If you got a way that you're looking at uh, Miami, apply it that way. If you got a way that you're looking at it, but also if you're looking at Wisconsin, apply it that way as well. And be very clear about how you're applying what you're applying. So I've been been pretty consistent about that and saying when I felt like it hasn't been applied the same way, I'm I'm challenging that. 
Uh, I would be challenging that if it were uh, not fairly applied to Auburn or not fairly applied to a Pac-12 team as well. Um, what I'm saying is we're saying this, let's be consistent across the board about how we are evaluating uh, each of these teams. And so that's how we get down on real sports, guys. That's how we get at this. That's how we approach this. And uh, I'm going to continue to push this, uh, particularly with a few teams that I feel like aren't getting a fair look uh, as we are talking about this, this college uh, playoff race. We're going to take a break here in a minute, and then we're going to come back uh, with a special guest. Uh, as you hear on RSG One Mike, um, and as we are beginning to delve and go into the game of college football, you know we're gonna take this. We're gonna take this thing deep. We're gonna drop a little bit with my guy DJ Slick.
Joaquin Bowman. This is Alton the Bowman Cunningham. What's a beast to a bow? And we're keeping it real with real sports guys. All right, we're back with RSG one mic, and yeah, it was appropriate uh, uh, that they were playing House of Pain, jump around. Um, I'm here with my man uh, Hank Davis. What's up, Hank? How you doing, man? I'm doing well, guys. How you How you doing tonight? Man, we're doing all right. I'm a, you know, I'm about to bring my guy on because uh, you know you, you're going to be in Madison with me this weekend. We got game day in Madison. RSG is going to be in Madison. For the college football universe, Madison, Wisconsin will be the focal point because it's going to be a focal point if RSG is going to be in the building. Hank, I know you coming. You coming from Ann Arbor, coming in. You coming back. You coming to my own backyard. You're going to get a chance to uh, uh, hear from one of my guys uh, who is leading that 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 vicious Badger defense that I've been talking about. You're going to get a chance to see it up close and personal. Um, I, I know you. I know you had a chance to kind of see the pandemonium what's happening on this weekend, and so. Uh, but we're gonna bring my guy in uh, 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 here uh, uh, here in a second uh, to to talk with us uh, because uh, I've been talking about this Badger defense, and uh, I wanted to bring this guy on uh, from the first time I met him because uh, I think he has a special story uh, uh, for us. And so, you know, we got no uh, none other than uh, the the top linebacker, the leader. For that great Badger defense, my my, my man uh, Garrett Dooley. How you doing, Garrett? I'm good. How you guys doing? Uh, we, we doing we doing fine, man. Welcome to the Real Sports Guys, man. Um, you know, um, first of all, thank you for being here. I know you got a lot going on, and I, I want to get you in and, and and talk to you and uh, get you back to the other stuff you uh, you need to do in preparation this week. Um, but um, what what I wanted to start out a little bit is you got an incredible story because I think your story um, is, is really embodies a, a lot of what it means to play uh, for a place like Wisconsin. Um, and, uh, we, you know, given the fact that you kind of started out and, um, you know, I think you started out uh, playing uh, in the middle linebacker position. It was right after when they kind of moved to this three, four defense, um, you kind of move around trying to find your spot. And then you kind of end up here at outside linebacker. Can you talk a little bit about that journey to, where you are now, um, you know, uh, really kind of leading uh, one of that leaders for that, that Badger defense. Yeah, um, you know, it, it definitely was a was definitely a long road, um, kind of a struggle for a while, you know. Freshman year I came in and it was first day of padded practice. I hurt my knee and then just kind of never really got into a flow that fall and then uh, ended up redshirting that fall. Um, and then I actually got switched to defensive line um, before spring ball the next the next semester, and that was definitely one of the biggest struggles. And um, I was very underweight uh, for that for that type of position, and um, ended up hurting my knee again, and then had struggles with it again over the summer. And my sophomore year, I ended up having season-ending surgery. Um, and then I think when the new coaching staff came in, they kind of realized that I was more of an outside linebacker type, so that's when they switched me there. And then, you know, I kind of started. Um, to get back into the flow of flow of things, hadn't played football in a while, um, and then got in, got a got to play a little special teams my my redshirt sophomore year, um, and then the next season kind of got my shot uh, in the mission game when one of the starters went down, and I guess I played well enough to where I could kind of rotate the rest of the season, and I think just playing behind um, great guys at that outside linebacker spot has really kind of helped uh, shape me into the kind of player and person that I am now with football. Um, and I just think that I have those guys that think that I was playing behind. Um, definitely a long road for me to get to to get to this spot where I'm finally uh, 
everyday starter, uh, fifth-year senior, um, and this this season has definitely been a lot of fun. Yeah, and, and that's one of the things I noticed when I was looking at the roster, you know, <laughs> having the fact that y'all have some fifth-year seniors, and, and to me, and this is way before your time, but when uh, 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 Dr. Tom Osborne was at Nebraska, one of the things they used to make work was the fact that they redshirted everybody and they had – you know, the reason why those great Nebraska teams are great because they had these 50-year and older folks that were just coming together. And I feel like y'all got a real good mix of of of, of seniors, 50-year seniors, that kind of feels like it keeps y'all kind of legacy and tradition kind of going. And I think about the fact that, you know, you were able to play with TJ and some of the other guys. Does it feel like even though y'all have changed coaches and stuff, it seems like y'all have this something about y'all that keeps this kind of tr- this program tradition going. Is that part of it? Having some of y'all more veteran guys around helping to get the young guys along. Is that part of y'all culture? Yeah, I think so. I mean, our defense is basically shaped with a bunch of guys who came in, didn't, didn't start or have significant playing roles um, their freshman year, maybe a couple guys here and there, but most of the guys spent their freshman season being on the scout team and going against the starting offensive offensive group um and then i think that's just kind of something that helped everyone kind of perfect their craft um at their spot going against the number one offense every single day and then i think just everyone was kind of able to just watch the guys in front of them and learn from them and then i mean everyone has there's a lot of other people who have had who have great stories and have had long roads ahead of them um who have gotten has, has gotten them to this point but I just think that this this is probably the closest group of guys that I've ever been with in my in my five years here, and I just think that that's one of the reasons why um, our defense this year is so dominant. And even though we've had coaching changes in the past, um, I just think we all kind of have that mentality where we're all we're all brothers out there playing with each other. And I think everyone knows that we have each other's back, and we just kind of go out there and fly around. One of the things that has been a, a, a part of that story is that you have someone like Jim Leonard. And I remember uh, when when Jim was playing uh, playing at Wisconsin because um, I've been around the state around there for a long time and admired him uh, as a player and watched him uh, when he went to the league. Um, and now he he takes over, you know, at a very young age at defensive coordinator. Can you talk a little bit about his coaching style and what he's brought to y'all, uh, you know, in terms of his approach to uh, you know, being a coordinator and leader for y'all on the defense, what what has he meant to y'all? You know, one of the, I mean, obviously switching coordinators, um, sometimes that's a big change for guys. Um, but we didn't, even though we had a new coordinator over the last three years with three different coaches, we haven't changed schemes. I mean, it's been a three, four every single year. So that's kind of helped some of the guys um, with a smooth transition into different defenses. Um, but he has brought, a lot of different things to the table. Uh, one of the biggest things that I like about him a lot is the fact that, I mean, like you said, he's a very young coordinator, and I think he's able to fit in with all the all the guys so well because, I mean, he's basically like a player out there. Uh, he he has the same mentality as us. Um, I think I think one of his things is not over coaching people, more letting us kind of go out there and do our thing. I think that's kind of one of the biggest um, biggest reasons why I like him so much. He just kind of uh, he calls the plays for us, but he's he's calling it for us because he, he has trust in us. He knows that we're all going to go out there and do our jobs, do our assignments. Um, and then I just think that he has a great, just kind of like a great mind when it comes to defensive strategies. Um, I mean, I know he helps uh, one of my best friends, my roommate, um, and one of our best offensive players, Tristan McGowley. He uh, 
he mm-hmm. he got with him this off season, teaching him a lot about defenses, and because he because he played so long in the league, he knows what offenses are trying to do, and I just think that he kind of has that mind where uh, he kind of knows what the offense is going to want to do, and so then he's able to counter that really well. And I just think that he's just kind of in the mind of different offensive schemes, um, and I think that that's just something that allows us to play uh, play as well as we have. The other person, you know, I think Paul Chris is probably one of the most underrated coaches in the country, um, and he just Absolutely. does a good job. But he's kind of a he's kind of a quiet guy. But one of the things I was interested, I saw in post game interview, and they, you know, they were asking about how you guys are thinking about all this stuff about the college stuff, and he said about the, you know about the uh, playoffs, and he was like, I just tell the guys I want them to enjoy and have fun, and I'm thinking, okay, how does he how does he really make that happen? How does he really keep y'all loose and focus on having fun? You know, I think in the, he, he voices us every single week um, when we get to the hotel on Fridays, when we have our travel meeting on Thursdays. Um, I just think that he's always he's always showing his appreciation for what we do during the week, uh, what we do during the off season, that kind of stuff. Um, mm. I mean, he's always telling us how much he appreciates the hard work that we're putting in because he knows that he's he's very demanding of our time. And um, I mean, our, our practices are no are no no cakewalk. Uh, I mean. We'll have, yeah. I mean, we'll have a, a really hard fought game one week, and then have a have a big physical game coming up. And I mean, we're still going out there uh, almost two hours, and we're we're banging heads. Um, and I just I just think that he he just really shows that player appreciation, and I think it's just kind of, I mean, it just kind of forces us to to really want to play for him. I mean, he's a he's a heck of a coach and a great guy. He loves to get close with all of his players, and I just think that. He's such a big people person that it makes us really want to play for him. When you you have a, a freshman on the other side, you get to bang heads with uh, Jonathan Taylor. Uh, this he's been mm-hmm. running all over the place, and I know you you know y'all get the chance to scrimmage and go against him. What makes him such a special runner? I just think that he he's one of those guys where the the smaller the smallest of holes um, that you can find, he's he's going to be able to fit fit his way through there, and then. He, he's not the type of guy where he's going to get hit in the hole and then fall back no matter what. He's always going to be falling forward. I mean, it showed in the in the first offensive play of the Iowa game. I mean, that guy got he got hit after about eight yards and ended up having a 19-yard game because he kept make he kept driving his feet. He's uh he's an extremely physical guy. I mean, I remember I remember in camp um, we we had a scrimmage and it was the one off or the one defense versus the two offense. This was before he he kind of molded into that starter role and. Um, he broke he broke four or five of our tackles and went for a 75-yard touchdown run. And I know at the mm. time we were kind of down on ourselves, like, dang, we just let the two score on us. Like, that, that shouldn't happen. And then I, I remember about week two or three after we kind of saw what he could do, uh, I think I think it made us feel a little bit better knowing <laughs> that, that he's definitely the real deal. Um, but he, he's a heck of a kid. He's got his head on straight. And I, I know he's having a lot of fun. And, I mean, he's, he's definitely a baller. I, I love having him on the team. Well, I'm gonna give my my, my guy uh, uh, Hank a chance to ask questions because yeah, I want him to know who he's talking to when he come uh, uh, visit us in uh, Madison. You know, um, you know, I told him not to come in there with no maize and blue on, but um, uh, when he come up in there, but I, I want to give him a chance to to ask you a couple questions. Now, see, I was going to try to keep that quiet. First of all, Garrett, thank you for uh, joining us today. Uh, uh, pleasure having you on the show. Uh, but I do have a question now. Um, with, with Wisconsin football programs, you know, you guys have been absolutely very consistent, especially on the, in the Big Ten West. 
just you're one of the only two teams that represented the West uh, in the Big Ten um, championship game. My question to you, Garrett, is um, what is that culture like right right now in, in at Wisconsin? What I mean by that is um, you you guys are undefeated this year. It appears by the national media that you're not getting a whole lot of respect, even though you've whooped everybody you play. So what is, what is the culture right now of, of the Badgers and the Badger football program? You know, I think I think this just kind of goes back to last year where, I mean, before the season even started, we were we were by a few guys we were projected to go seven and five, six and six, um, and I think we just kind of we kind of knew that we had something to prove. I mean, we had one of the toughest uh, schedules in the in the nation last year, um, and I know that we were playing some really good teams, and I just think that we were kind of able to go out there and kind of show what our team is about and what we're really about and how we play football. Um, and then coming into this year, people are showing us a little bit of love saying that we had a weaker schedule and that we could um, possibly go all the way. But I think that – I just think that with this team, everyone knows that kind of the outside noise is just something that we kind of have to zero out. Um, we know that everyone in our in our team meeting rooms, those are really the guys who truly matter because we're the only ones who can kind of control the outcome of the game. Um, and I just think – I think that everyone knows that we have to keep our keep our head down and no matter who we're facing, it's kind of a nameless, a faceless opponent, whether it's one of, whether it's one of the top teams in the nation or one of the bottom guys. I mean, you, can, you can't go out there and play a lackadaisical game. I mean, you see some of these, these high-ranked teams getting, getting beat by teams who are 500 or even below. Um, and I, I just think everyone knows that we don't want to be that team that uh, at the end of the season could have said, yeah, well, we had this potential, what we could have been. Um, I just think that everyone knows that what we what we can accomplish this year, and so far we've been able to keep that that goose egg in the right column, and we have these these last three games left before uh, the regular season's over. So hopefully we can hopefully we can keep it that way. Okay, great. The next question I got asked for you is: um, being a fifth year senior and and actually seeing the changes in coaches, and uh, D kind of alluded to that a little bit, but. The one thing that's unique about Wisconsin is that all of your coordinators all um, are alums of the program. Talk a little bit about how that kind of really helps you all really kind of understand and really grasp that, that Wisconsin tradition. You know, I just think that especially having so many coaches on this team that have played for Wisconsin, have grown up uh, in Wisconsin, um, it's just they kind of understand the, the tradition of this place, smart, tough, dependable football. Um, and I know our, our, it's one of our slogans in our team room. Um, our coaches are stressing it all the time that we have to kind of be be those guys that go out there. We know our assignments. We know we're going to do our assignment well and just know that everyone out there is playing for each other. Um, I know this is, this is one of the most selfless teams I've ever been a part of. I mean, everyone's, everyone's pumped up if someone else is making a play. It's not always, it's not always about themselves. And I just think that, the, the camaraderie that this team has and what it's had in the past has kind of helped get help, helped get us to this point. Um, and I know that's that's kind of where the the player and coach mentality has kind of come together because everyone everyone knows what the guys before us has done. Um, I mean, all those Rose Bowls in the '90s with uh, Coach Alvarez, um, and I think those guys were kind of help able kind of helped able to uh, to shape this program. And I just think that. We have the utmost respect for for our coaches and for the guys who have who have brought this this program to what it is now, and um, it just it just makes us really want to go out there and play hard for each other. Mm-hmm. And what what is your advice right now to some of the younger guys on the team? I know you guys have already wrapped up the West. 
you got the Big Ten Championship coming up and beyond. And for young players, it, it could be real easy to, to look ahead. So what is your advice to some of the young guys, uh, the, the Jonathan Taylors and those guys on your team this year? You know, I just think that especially the freshmen who this is this is their first season, I mean, we're 10-0. and 0. I just think that especially looking – Looking ahead after this year, um, just kind of don't get complacent because you can't you can't let one great season affect um, how you think how you think about the next year. Um, I know that there's some teams who who can have a great year and then fall off the next season, and I think that no matter what happens this year, uh, you just got to make sure that you, you keep your you keep your nose to the ground that you're always grinding and that you can you can never be happy with where you're at. Um, there's always there's always room for improvement. There's always uh, stuff that you can get better at, and no matter what, no matter what's happening, just make sure you keep trying to perfect your craft. Um, and then for for some of the younger guys who who aren't who aren't playing this year, who are on scout team, I mean, that, like we talked about earlier, I had I had, I had a tough road um, ahead of me as a freshman, and I was able to kind of kind of grind my way to where I'm at now. So no matter where you're at, um, things can always things can always turn around if you if you keep working hard. Well, Garrett, we definitely uh, appreciate you joining us. And, um, you know, I know you just came out a lot of meetings and you got a long week in preparation for this big game. And, um, you know, Hank and I will be in Madison uh, uh, for the game. And, uh, you know, we know we got game day going to be there. It's going to be a lot of energy, a lot of eyeballs on that game. Um, and uh, we, we definitely appreciate you 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 uh, being here and, and uh, everything you all doing uh, to um uh, carry the banner for the big 10. And I know this is a big time matchup coming up this weekend uh, uh, in camp Randall. And uh, before we let you go, this is how we do it on RSG one, Mike. Uh, we ask all our folks coming on our guys just to say one word and just uh, uh, drop the mic for our listeners uh, uh, as a, as a way, uh, as you, as you exit stage left. So I'll give you a chance to do that with our listeners. <laughs> all right. Well, you know, this is a, uh, this is Garrett Dewey, um, outside linebacker senior for, uh, Wisconsin Badgers football, and uh, I'm here on I'm here on the air with uh, with real sports guys. It was a great time. All right, brother. Thank you very much for being with us, and uh, good luck with everything. And uh, I'll, I'll see you later on before before the game. And, uh, uh, to wish you well, man, and uh, uh, sleep well and get ready and uh, uh, get ready for a big game on on, on Saturday. Take care, brother. Thanks, Gary. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Mm-hmm. All right, y'all. Garrett Dooley. Outside linebacker, this is a guy who's going to be playing at the next level, uh, uh, was here with us on uh, RSG1 Mike, uh, and uh, we will uh, come back and uh, uh, talk to y'all after these messages.
This is Doug Fisher, editor of RingTV.com, and I'm on the Real Sports Guys podcast. All right, welcome back to RSG One Mike. This is D. Wilson here with Hank. Uh, we were just hey, interviewing. Yeah, I'm going to cut you off real quick. I'm going to yeah. let you finish. I'm going to let you cut you off real quick. I was very good. I want to give some credit for being very, very good with that young man. Okay? I, le- I-, I left my amazing blue on the shelf so that I could conduct a very professional interview. Plus, I didn't want to give him no bulletin board material. <laughs> Now, that's not the man you want to give any bulletin board material. I didn't want to give him no bulletin board of material. He sounded very large. I said, I'm going to be cool with this young man because I know what I want to say, but all that will be right up there and all that, and all that Wisconsin stuff. I said, nope, Hank, they ain't going to say Hank said nothing, but I will say it now, go blue. <laughs> Hey, you know, we're going we to be wearing them two different girl colors this week. That's my guy right there. Um, Man, I'm going to tell you right yeah. now, I am so excited about this yeah. weekend. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, that This is going to be a lot of fun. College game day is going to be up there. I hope my boys uh, show up. I really do. You know, it would be uh, – it, it, it would be monumental, and it would really kind of save the season. So, I, but but uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, regardless. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, we we got a whole crew up there. We're going to be there. Uh, we're going to be connecting with uh, some of our contacts there with uh, Good Karma and ESPN. I got some stuff there. We'll connect with them while they're you know we've been doing some crossover with RSG. Um, uh, we're working on some stuff, and uh, it's it's going to be a good time uh, up in Madison. A great great place for college football. Uh, too too bad they try to treat us like we playing in Europe with eleven o'clock start. Um, you know, again, that's the it, it's the it's the disrespect coming with the Big Ten. I think the only team they think they want to get respect in the Big Ten is Ohio State. Every the national media, everybody. Uh, some of it I think Fox might have done just because they knew game day was coming and they they didn't want to give them any kind of lead up. You know, because uh, game day ends at eleven o'clock. And so it might have right. been one, you know, it might have been one of them, you know, because Fox and ESPN are competing. And so, you know, they, they, they heard probably heard game day was coming up and they didn't they wanted to make it as difficult to do that uh, as possible, because that's a game that should have definitely been in the afternoon. Uh, well, not you know what? Year. Initially, they had a schedule for a three thirty four o'clock start Eastern time. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden they moved it up to noon Eastern time. And I'm like, what what is that all about? Well, some of it might be a weather issue because I noticed some people were saying that there might be some issues with storms and stuff this weekend leading in. So uh-huh. some of it, I mean, I want to be telling you, might have been people anticipating some weather issues and having an earlier start might allow the game to avoid any kind of weather issues that might be happening uh, up here. But, uh, yeah, I, I was surprised that it wasn't uh, uh, at least an early afternoon start, 2 o'clock, if not stayed at 3.30, given um, – where this game is, even with Michigan bouncing back with Peter starting and, uh, you know, looking like they're back on track. You know, I know people are looking at this probably being two undefeated teams or at least one lost team playing, uh, playing this game between these two teams, but it's still going to be a great game with a lot uh, on the line, particularly with some of the losses that are happening over on the other side, Um, you know, kind of brings Michigan back into a conversation that they didn't expect to be part of going down the stretch here. So, it's going to be a great game. I think competitive night uh, or day of football uh, there. We're, we're looking forward to it. And, um, you know, uh, happy, happy that um, uh, we're going to be there uh, as well. As I, as I was saying before we got into this, you know, uh, our hosting calls are brought to you by Carbon World Health, uh, your complete solution for fitness, health, and beauty. 
Go to CarbonWorldHealth.com to connect with Dr. Nestor Rodriguez and his staff to learn more about lifestyle medicine. Tell them that the Real Sports Guys sent you. Yes, this is one mic uh, with my man Hank and myself. Um, the plot thickens is, the, is what this podcast is all about. Upset weekend in college football, a lot been going on. We had a chance to hear from uh, Garrett Dooley, uh, starting outside linebacker for Wisconsin, the Badgers, uh, one of the top defenses in the country, one of the top teams in the country uh, as they prepare to play the Michigan Wolverines uh, this weekend. But there's a lot of other things that happen in college football this weekend. Georgia gets the beat down from Auburn, which throws it up in the air. And then the, and then the turnover chain in Miami. The U is back. I told y'all a couple of weeks ago, I said two teams to watch out for. People weren't talking about it. I said Alabama and Miami. Both teams were not getting – I mean, uh, Wisconsin and Miami. Both teams were not getting a lot of respect. And uh, uh, Wisconsin took care of Iowa. And then I turned on the TV to watch – you know, the, 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 the reincarnation of the Catholics versus the convicts. Or they didn't want to talk about that. There's definitely a history between Notre Dame and Miami. And that Miami defense came out. And that, that turnover chain was being used over and over again on, the, on that field. When you look at this weekend and all the stuff that happened, let's start with what happened down there in South Beach. The hurricanes. What are your thoughts about that? You know what? I'm, I'm going to start with this. I'm going to move into the game. Obviously, what we saw from the Miami team. First of all, they're a very well coached team, and, and they are for real. They are for real, and from what I saw uh, this weekend, that's going to probably be the team that represents the ACC in the playoffs, not Clemson, because that team looked very complete, and they just put a backyard butt whooping on Notre Dame. <laughs> that being said, I don't believe at all from what I've seen this year and what I've seen over the course of the last several years that Brian Kelly is a big game coach. That team looked lost. They didn't they did not look like they were prepared to play uh in a game of that magnitude and that's kind of disturbing, especially with all of that noise that the man makes. That that team came out and, and the things that they do well was just totally taken away. But that, but but to say that you're always you're almost trying to um, take away what Miami has shown this year, and and uh, 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 their coach, he, he was the coach of, of Georgia beforehand, and rule. And and the thing is that uh, those folks up in Georgia didn't appreciate what this man is as a, as a football coach. He is an amazing football coach, but he's in his uh, um, alma mater now, so he's got a little bit maybe a little bit more passion there. But what we saw was the real deal. You called it. You called it. When you said they start off ugly, then once they get their legs underneath them, all of a sudden they take off, that's a team you need to keep an eye out for. Miami looked real. That was a real deal team. Um, And in South Beach, unstoppable. Unstoppable at home. I'm going to keep an eye out for them for the rest of the year. But I do believe, going back, Brian Kelly, to me, is not a big game coach. I think he saved his job this year. But he's not a big game coach, and, and I think that game what we saw on Saturday really proves that. Yeah, I think – I mean, you hit it right on the head. I mean, when he, he takes the L in more big games like vicious L's. It's like – he's like a boxer. You watch that guy yeah. who's always the contender, and then that big fight takes a devastating knockout. 
almost yeah. like yeah. a Amir Khan type cat. You know what I'm saying? He like a mere he's like the Amir Khan of college football, right? Where <laughs> where he got power, he's knocking people out, but then you get in there with Canelo, it's the big money fight, and then you, <laughs> you end up on the knockout of the year candidate. You get right. <laughs> with all that talent. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and Amir Khan has had more of the most devastating or Zab Judah. You know, that kind of like, they get in that big fight and something happens. That is, Brian, you're right, Brett Kelly. And a team that's supposed to be really physical, running. So it wasn't, but they just got pushed around. And you're right. I don't yeah. know. And I think part of it is, and I think this is part of it for him, is that, and this is back to what Garrett said about them versus the, like that, that I think, He's so uptight, his team is uptight. Right. Does that make sense? That he right. is that's so over the top, whatever, that his team is over the top with him. And I think that's part of the problem in big games versus, you know, games that don't meet. That, that plays out in other games. But a game like that, you almost got to relax him. And he doesn't know how to relax. Does that make sense? That makes a lot and of I sense. Think that, you, I think you, you hit that right on the head because it's like, why is it that this team against the Wake Forests of the world is just running them up, up and down the field. But in a game like this, with this sort of magnitude, uh, he lost his mind, and his team didn't compete. The, by the end, they just they just flat out did not compete. That second half was an embarrassment. Yes. Given who, how much, how physical they are and everything else, I mean, and and Miami was just doing it with sound play, with no right. gimmicks. It was straight. We're gonna line up, and we are better than you. That was basically right. what it was about. It, what we are better than you, and ain't nothing you can do about it. And uh, I feel like you know that team is 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 coming back into its own, and 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 we'll get a little bit more into uh, into that on our in our segment of, of of five on the black hand side. Um, and then um, you know I saw you know th- there's there's some teams that they don't want to let go. Uh, in this whole <laughs> college football conversation, somehow people are making a case again for Ohio State. Oh, for God's sakes! Now, <laughs> I'm like, look, J- and, and JT Barrett for the Heisman Trophy, and I'm thinking they got blown out. Yes, they blew out Michigan State, but Michigan State is like that punch drunk boxer that can win a game every once in a while, but They've been in too many slugout fests, and you just beat them by attrition. They just they they've been just battling every week, and they've won some, lost some, and you just caught them on an off week. That's how I feel like that that loss they had against Ohio State. But it's like I didn't see Barrett doing anything different. They what they did was they allowed him to throw the deep ball, but the, where he struggles is when he's got to actually throw middle mid range routes. And they didn't make him do any of that. They let him throw over the top. Every time, every every highlight I saw, he was throwing over the top down field. It wasn't like he he was throwing any precision. Which when you play against some of these other top defenses, they're gonna make him actually throw passes. They're not gonna let him just throw over the top. And so, it, but they 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 find a way to bring him back in. I'm telling you, with this ranking tomorrow, man, they're gonna find a way to bring him right back into that again. And I'm thinking, okay. They, they, and they're going to keep on getting burned by. SCC Urban. That's the problem right there, okay? He must have some dirty pictures of somebody on that committee because you're absolutely right. Uh, Ohio State is a two-loss team, and even though they blew out Michigan State, watch that game, they were able to run the football on State, okay? 
uh, both both uh, Dobbins and Weber was running up and down the field like they had stole something. And they may have this, <laughs> you know, but I'm just saying. <laughs> but I'm saying that's what that game was about. Michigan State was exposed, all right? This is a young team that hasn't had a bye week since the second week of the season. They done stumbled across a couple of a good wins in some bad weather. They ran off against a pissed-off Ohio State team that was going to win that game, and this and the stage is too big for this young Spartan State team. Uh, plain, plain and simple, okay? Yep. The only thing about Ohio State that you've seen every year since uh, since, since the um, the playoff format has, has gone on is that this team has found about its battles about of inconsistency. They, they always talk about how talented this team is. Every year they're picked to win the Big Ten, so forth and so on, because of all of this talent they're supposed to have. But they have they run into these bouts of inconsistency. It's not lost on me, D, that these bouts of inconsistency they've had is since JT Barrett has been the quarterback. Even though they won that game 48-3, to he still had two turnovers, okay, uh, two, two yeah. interceptions. All right, he's not a good quarterback on that regard. This game was won by the defense and the run game. All right, and if Ohio State plays any of these teams, and there, and there was folks who talked about, well, if they played Oklahoma again, they could probably beat them. I disagree. Oklahoma knows how to beat this team, and now Baker Mayfield then found his his stride. Okay, this boy yeah. is blowing the doors off of everybody. That's the team people ain't really talking about. I want to jump ahead, yeah. but I'm saying to you right now. They're going to keep fooling around because they feel like the Big Ten has to have a representative, and they want their representative to be Ohio State. Ohio State embarrassed the Big Ten last year. Let it play out. They are not one of the top six teams in the in the in the, in the nation. They simply are not. They played no. a overwhelmed Michigan State team, and those other win victories are those other teams ahead of them far more impressive, far more impressive than that win. I think you hit it right on on the head. And this will get us to our segment of five on the black hand side, where we're gonna we're gonna go with five questions. This is this is one of our great segments we do on the big show across multiple segments, and we've been introducing it to our one mic uh, space to to really kind of break our topic down a little bit. So we're gonna we're gonna do that with five on the black hand side. Five, oh, five, oh, oh, on the black hand side. On five on the black hand side, as we we've been saying today, it's it's about the plot thickens, upset weekend, throws college football into a frenzy. That's what we're all about. And we got five questions um, around here. We touched on some of these things, but we're going to go a little bit deeper here. Uh, I'll toss them up. Hank will usually knock them down, and then I'll come in with a little bit of uh, uh, sauce to put on top of it. That's kind of how we've been doing this lately, you know, because we get Hank rolling. Hank is like our Vinnie Johnson of RSG. <laughs> you know, we, he gets rolling. We just keep feeding him, you know. And then, then when we get the game changer, and game changer is like, you, you, you got that same kind of feeling. So we got a couple of cats like that. When they get going, you just kind of keep feeding them. And that's why I like this five on the black hand side. So the first question, Hank, is what was your reaction or your initial reaction to the Georgia loss? You know what? I really wasn't surprised. Um, a lot of people was picking Georgia. That was a tough game. See, well, here's the thing that folks don't, rem- don't remember, D. Uh, the quarterback for Auburn, Jason Stedham, he was the quarterback uh, for Baylor before he had mm, got hurt, okay? And people forgot that point-a-minute Baylor offense under Art Bryles before all that crazy happened down there. This boy could play, all right? It was fortunate for, now hear me say this, it was fortunate for Clemson to have gotten Auburn early before they got this offense rolling, all right? All, Auburn has been scoring on some of everybody. Georgia 
is known for their um, for their defense and their running game with Nick Chubb. But this was this game was a was it was a big time game. Auburn now in like their game in, in eight, eight game eight eight nines like that game eight or game nine they got their offense rolling. That team is going to give teams fits. All right, that game uh, the Iron Bowl between them and Alabama you might want to pay attention to that. Because if anybody played close attention to the Alabama-Mississippi State game, uh, Auburn is, is a better team than Mississippi State, all right? And they can knock off that team. They are a dark horse. They are, in my opinion, the best two-loss team in the nation right now. In, in some ways, you answered number three, and I'll, so I'll bring that up to number two when, when we're talking about how good is Auburn. And you kind of started out by saying you just hit it on the head in terms of, of, of them being the best two-loss team. And I think you also got to watch uh, their uh, their running back, Johnson, I believe that's the last thing. He had like 132 yards rushing. He didn't have a touchdown. But this is a kid that's going to be making a run up into the uh, the, the, the Heisman uh, conversation um, uh, as well because of his his, his ability to, to run. And, and that offense, you know, it's a great scheme that's going on with their offense. And when they got a great running back, um, you know, and that gives – Alabama a lot of problems and you know anything can happen in the Iron Bowl I know I know my my, my advisor uh, uh uh Dr. Jackson listen you know an Auburn alum uh I know he he can't wait to host their annual Iron Bowl party up there in Madison and I know he can't wait to toast a victory to to Auburn winning but Auburn's looking like that team that can challenge Alabama so you're right they got a lot that defense is stingy uh, they're strong up front on both sides of the line um, and so I, I would say the question about how good is Auburn, I, I would say Auburn is very good and uh, people better, uh, better recognize it, uh, as, as Georgia had to recognize quickly. And so we'll move to no, question in the question. The Iron Bowl is at, is at Jordan Hare. It's in Auburn this year, yeah. ain't it? Yeah, it's yeah. at Jordan Hare, so which makes it even right. uh, much more. And, and, and frankly, uh, Alabama looking shaky on the road. I mean, uh, they were in Stark Vegas. And, and and they got the same problem Ohio State got. They got a young quarterback. They got a quarterback. They've been trying to open up and, and, and get him to work on his passing in the offseason. He's still developing, but he doesn't throw those intermediate routes very well. He throws mm-hmm. stuff that's crossing and leading, and, and so you can run man-to-man pick stuff. It looks good when he scrambles. He can scramble and run, but against a great defensive scheme that knows that's all you can do, then they're going to force you to play quarterback. And he hasn't figured out how to do that yet. And I think, you know, Hurd is going to have struggles against a team like Auburn who can get after the ball and chase you down. Got a front seven that can chase you down uh, and try to make you uh, be, play quarterback. And so I think – and that's why I see the struggles that they have, why they've been playing so many close games on the road. And they're not going to just be able to overpower and run over somebody. Um, that's not going to be able to happen, I don't think, with Auburn. So, you know, playing on the road, playing there in Jordan here, it's going to be, it's going to be an interesting kind of mix. And the question we kind of hit into this group is, you know, we, we talked about how they did against Notre Dame, but is the U back? Do you feel like they're back um, in a way that we're used to seeing the U back? Do you think that this is something that's that staying power beyond this season? Do you think oh, it's I back? Do you think do. you're going to see the change? No. no, I absolutely do because they've got a solid coaching staff. Okay? Like I said, uh, the coach came from Georgia and was unceremoniously let go because he couldn't beat Alabama at Georgia which you tell me who else has beaten Alabama in the last several years in the SEC. But uh, I think, again, him being an alum uh, and um, having knowing what it takes down there, having the support of the alums down there in, in South Beach, 
They're back. This is a start. This is an awesome start. Uh, and he's got a talented team. And you just think about it now that, that uh, you I mean, you, you called it better than anybody I heard when you said that they start off ugly like those old teams did. and But now you saw the the excitement down in that, in that, in that, in that ball game. And that pageantry, and it, and it brought you back to what did it bring you back to the to the late '80s and the early '90s? Yeah. You know, back when the U yeah. was doing their thing, and they've never been devoid of, of talent down in South Beach. It's just no. who has been able to get those guys ready to play, and they've got it back the way it should be. And you know, with with let's face it, the ACC is not the ACC of last year or the year before. Okay, and there are some vulnerabilities you see with Clemson. Okay, and Florida State is, 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 is not Florida State this year. This is a great opportunity for uh, uh, the Hurricanes to um, really make a, make a statement. They have to guard against the same question that I asked Garrett uh, Dooley. They have to guard against complacency now. They've already clinched, and they're going to be playing in the ACC championship game. There's a couple of games that now you've got a young team that, you know, have not had this level of success, and for a coaching staff, you have to keep them grounded. You have to keep them going one day at a time. That's what you want to watch with some of these teams because what we've seen, D, in the last couple of weeks since those rankings have come out is you're starting to see a little bit of the old sphincter muscle starting to tighten up with some of these teams that's up top. <laughs> okay? They're not playing right. to win, not to lose. Come on now. This, we've seen it. <laughs> yep. You know, all of a sudden, now everybody come out there, the knuckles is blue and stuff, and they're trying to figure it out. And you got these other teams that ain't got nothing to lose. And they playing like they playing nice and loose, but because everybody the closer they get to number four, all of a sudden you can just start seeing it. That's what you saw with Alabama. That's what you saw with Georgia. You know these teams are a little bit on the outside looking in, like your Oklahomans and stuff like that. Watch what happens when they get up in there. All of a sudden, just watch. You know, and, and so this is what you have to watch with these teams that already kind of wrapped it up. Your Wisconsin's and Miami's. They haven't lost anybody yet. Okay, do they take their foot off the gas? It's going to be interesting to see. You listen to the RSG one, Mike. We're in the middle of our five on the black hand side segment here on RSG one, Mike, uh, and we're hitting question uh, number four. Now, the only border region group that circled more for their prey than this one that just circled and and got its prey is Texas A and M. Tennessee border regions finally got Butch Jones. <laughs> They've been, they've, been, they've been circling around him, and he's been coaching under a cloud of dust and dirt for a while, and they finally said, we're going to let you go. We're going to put you out your misery. Is this a top-ten job at Tennessee? You know what? It, it should be. But let me before I say that, let me preface this with this. If you are a coach on the hot seat, don't play the University of Missouri. Okay, <laughs> University of Missouri have now cost two coaches their job in two weeks. Okay, if you see, if you got the if you got the, if you got the, the Missouri Tigers on your schedule, and you Nebraska, y'all ain't playing them this year, are you? Because you, that coach is next. I mean, if you play at the University of Missouri and you and your job is in jeopardy, you might as well go on and resign. It's over because yeah. they took out two coaches in two weeks. That being said, Tennessee has tried to be a, that, a top ten program, okay? They try to be the, the little big house with all the, with, with the 100,000 people and stuff. Yep. They've got a ways to go, okay? Since the days of, 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 of Fulmer, when he won the national championship with T. Yep. Martin, 
and and the Peyton Manning. That's 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 twenty years ago now, D. And you can't really point to anything Tennessee has done since then. So they want to be a top ten uh, job. Uh, I think they fall a little bit outside of that. I think that if you're looking at jobs that might be open, that uh, that that could potentially come open, I think you still look at Florida, okay, because because of the fertile recruiting ground. You might even look at a traditional power like a Nebraska, all right. Um, but but Tennessee, Tennessee, they they want to be, and I and I know there's some they'll say, well, they're still a top ten program, but. But, but you got to ask yourself, what makes them that outside of the big stadium and all of the pageantry? Because they haven't won a thing. They haven't even won the SCC East. So what have they done, really? Uh, and they don't have that kind of tradition either. So you have to ask yourself, is that is that really the case? Is that where you want to go? And, and, and has have people seen what John Gruden gets paid and how easy his job is for him? Like, why why is John Gruden's name come up for every job when you look at like why would he leave his job he got right now to go do that like why is John Gruden's name even coming up for a college football job I mean I would say more of an NFL job there but why would he want to even get out the booth with the amount of money he makes how much fun he, he looked like he having like and then now you got Chip Kelly coming up uh, all this but why are people even thinking about John Gruden I mean this is I'm putting this in part of this because job, he people brought his name, name up John Gruden talks a good game. He's got that quarterback uh, college thing going on at ESPN, and he sounds good, okay? He sounds like he knows what he's talking about, but that don't mean a damn thing if you can't recruit. You know, he's been out the game a long time, all right? But but you're going to throw names out there that sounds good, that makes sense, that people are going to say, go talk to him. He sounds like he can do it. And then they want somebody who they think that uh, can, can galvanize that program. Tennessee needs to look inward. They need to pay attention. They, they, first of all, they need to they need to figure out who they are. All right, they need to figure out who they are, who they want to be. All right, um, because they keep making these hires of these coaches. They they think that they're supposed to compete for national championships when they can't even get a winning record. They they have been underachieving now for the longest. Like I said, since Peyton Manning. And think about this, D. Before Peyton Manning, what was Tennessee? And after Peyton Manning, what was Tennessee? And during Peyton Manning, what was Tennessee? <laughs> okay? So when you look at it that way, they need to figure out what they are, what they want to be. Talk to some of their old school um, alumni and come up with a plan because all they are is a great big orange stadium. Yeah, and and I would say, if, you know, and they can't make the mistake of getting, uh, you know, don't make the Michigan mistake. You know, Tennessee does have a brand, and to get like a Chip Kelly is like getting Rich Rod for a brand right. that doesn't. But what they need, they should go. Why don't you just go get T. Martin? That's the last time you wanted. He's one of the best offensive coordinators in the country. He's at SC. Exactly. Why don't you just get? Why don't you bring T. Martin home and have someone who understands your program, who could build it? You invest in him and let him build. He, you know, he's got a great offensive mind. He's got a proven pred- pedigree. Um, he knows how to, he's gonna he knows how to run the, probably the kind of offense that Tennessee runs. Again, you know, no Tennessee. I, I would say you know they try to be a little big house or whatever, but they do have a brand that they play. And to bring in, um, you know, someone uh, like Chip Kelly who is far away from who your identity is as a program, you know, go get a T Martin, go get one of your own, 
who understands exactly. your tradition, who can recruit, who's already demonstrated he can prepare a Heisman-level quarterbacks and has a great reputation in the country as being a great offensive coordinator and grow with him. You know, that might be the way for you to go. And he gets some veterans around him and he knows how to recruit in that area. You know, sometimes you've got to go with your own, like you said, and get somebody who can bring it back home, who's that connection uh, uh, to Fulmer and uh, th- those alums and bring that love night energy back, bring that fan energy back. And he can run the offense. He can recruit him a top defensive guy. You can recruit. There's a lot of talent in that area uh, and, and, and go at it. And you're on the side of the ledger where it isn't fully baked and there is still not a lot of competition other than Georgia. So you've got, you know, you still can really own that, you know, uh, South Carolina's going through some stuff. And so you've got a chance to, you, you in two or three seasons, you can be competitive in that side while some of these other teams are going through some sort of transition. So I would say, you know, you, you we mentioned T Martin, you know, he's one of the top offensive coordinators in the country. Go get him. Exactly. Bring him home. And that's what they need to do. They need to get somebody who understands because they keep making these hires and it just the, the coaching carousel don't work right now with college football. And you're just seeing a lot of these programs, they're trying, they're, they're, they're reaching so hard for that brass ring and they're falling way short. And I, and I think, you know, you, we just talked about, you know, we have Garrett on here and everything else. And I think uh, Barry Alvarez learned that, you know, he, uh, after Brett left, you know, um, and, and he brought Anderson in who, you know, Anderson's got to be credit with bringing that three, four defense and a lot of things, but it was hard for Anderson to get comfortable. You know, he just lost his job at Oregon state, but it was hard for him to get comfortable um, in Madison and just getting used to that. And, you know, I think what, what Alvarez learned from that because he understood he had a different kind of place is, you know, he went back to Paul Chris for who he probably would have gone for when Brett left, but Paul had just taken that job over at Pittsburgh and, you know, that's one thing about Barry. He's like, he understands how this game is. He wasn't going to go and do that. But when he had a chance to do it again, he went and brought somebody back. Um, and then, you know, they had the same thing with the defensive coordinators. You know, finally they brought one. They got one at all. They gave it Leonard. So they got somebody. And I think Tennessee's that same kind of place. You've got enough alums who are coaching. Um, I think Michigan realized that with Harbaugh. There are certain kind of places where you're going to be better off bringing somebody who's a rising star who's one of your alums. And I think you're right. Tennessee is that kind of place and but it's you got you have those regents who are controlling things who want to splash and unless you got a strong enough ad who understands it you're going to be having a lot of problems right we talked a lot about you know we know that we, we know the rankings are going to come out tomorrow who do you have in your top five listen i think it's time we start to reward these teams for getting through their first nine ten ball games without a loss or have gotten through nine, ten ball games with one loss. It's time these teams be rewarded, okay? They played these schedules, they've shown who they are and they've done it and they've done their thing. Um right now, uh I'm gonna because they were number two and I'm putting them at number one because I think that's the kiss of death for whoever's at number one right now. <laughs> so with that being said, I'm putting Alabama at number one because I don't think they may not stay there long, especially with Auburn creeping in the back door. So I'm keeping, I'm, I'm putting them at number one. Number two, this is going to be a little bit of a surprise, but right now they look like the best team in the nation to me, and that is Oklahoma. 
Oklahoma and Baker Mayfield, and Baker Mayfield is a game changer. I mean, he is he's the real deal, and he's showing it. And he is starting to peak at the right time. So that, with that being said, I, I, I got to move them up. They were very impressive against TCU. They're going to run away with the Big 12 right now. Okay, number three, I'm going to put uh, I'm putting Miami. Miami, very, very, very impressive victory right over over Notre Dame, who I had picked to win that game, and they made Notre Dame look like paupers. And then number four, I've got to put uh, the the Canes. I'm moving the Canes up. Okay. Uh, again, I think that's a very good spot for them. Um, it's, it, it's going to see how a young team, how, they, how do they play. And this is the way that the committee thinks. What do you got next and how have you looked lately? You know, what do you got next? Can you, can you sustain that? Um, uh, can you sustain that going forward? Number five, I'm going to put the defending champs, Clemson. All right, Clemson ain't done nothing wrong to this point. But right now, when you look at the top few teams, um, then you got to put you you keep them there for right now, and then just for good measure at number six, I'm putting Auburn, okay? Because again, the best uh, the best two loss team in the nation, and I got to put Auburn over Georgia, okay? Even though Georgia was the number one team in the land, they spanked them, okay? So that's the only reason why they you got that disparity, and just for good measure, D, I'm keeping Ohio State at number eleven or twelve or anywhere else out the damn top ten. <laughs> so for me, um, I, I would put Alabama uh, at, at number one. Um, uh, I would put. Um, uh, I actually would put Miami at number two, um, mm. and I, I would put. Um, uh, Oklahoma at number three. Uh, I would put Wisconsin at number four because, again, rewarding teams for being undefeated to this point. And Clemson still had a loss at Syracuse. I'm not – you know, ACC does not have a lot, in my mind, a lot of teams. And people keep giving the ACC – is the ACC better than the Big Ten? I don't – I wouldn't say that by far, up and down the mark. But people keep treating the ACC like it's the SEC. And there's – and so they got wins, but they got wins over a lot of great teams, and they lost at Syracuse. And so Clemson, I can't give them that uh, over uh, over undefeated Wisconsin, but I can put Clemson at five. And I'll put Auburn. Yes, that's a great victory. You still got two losses. I got you at six because I, I agree with you. I think Auburn will move up with a win over Alabama, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then another chance to play in a um, championship game. I think they move up uh, uh, there. And that's kind of how I, I put uh, 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 them. Uh, and then um, uh, did I have Oklahoma at – what did I put Oklahoma at? I think I had Oklahoma at uh, – I think I might have Oklahoma. I would put Oklahoma at um, – I got Oklahoma at what? I put at three, I think. I three, did. didn't you? Yep, yep. Did you so say three? That, yeah, I had Oklahoma at three. And then I had uh, Wisconsin at four. Because if you undefeated in the Big Ten or Big Ten – SEC, um, either one of them two conferences, uh, you know, Pac-10, you know, if you undefeated in any one of those conferences on whatever side you own, we, we would let's say let's say uh, you know think about it the, uh, the 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 SEC East, right, isn't isn't a very good side, but Georgia was undefeated, right, and right. nobody held that against them. 
right? Nobody held that against them. They had a victory but, 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 uh, uh, on the road at, at, uh, at Notre Dame. That's what, that's what got Georgia where Georgia was at, okay? You're yeah. absolutely right. What you're going to see this year, though, is what the committee is going to have fits with is you're going to have just a litany of teams with two and three losses that for some reason this committee has, has ranked, you know, somewhere in the bottom ten that is kind of like supporting those teams in the top ten. I don't necessarily agree with it. I think that if if Wisconsin wins, beats Michigan, and beats Michigan handily uh, on Saturday, they deserve to be uh, a top four team going into the last two games of the season, regardless. Okay, they're undefeated. They would have beaten a team with two losses. Uh, that that that's legit. I have a hard time, D, when you go in, and yeah. I would put a whooping on Ohio State, but we just talked about Ohio State's inconsistency. But then Iowa was ranked with three losses. That didn't make sense to me, okay, not at all, over a, over a two-loss Michigan team. The eyeball test did not warrant that. And so uh, this is what's killing – see, here's the thing. Your best team right now in the Big Ten is this Ohio State team that they keep on trying to prop up with two bad losses, okay, two bad losses, and quite frankly – you know, Penn State has has proven now to be a fraud. So how good was that loss, real, that that victory, really, over that Penn State team? So Wisconsin has to get a quality win. I don't think Iowa was a quality win on the road at home. Okay, them beating Wisconsin and beating uh, Iowa and Camp Randall, you know, they're, they're a different team. All right, and in this up and down. But, but see, season, that, but that's the logic. That's the logic we don't use with anybody else. Now look at this. Like, like we don't lose this. Like, look, I'm reading this description of, uh, that they have on uh, uh, Alabama in, uh, in Sports Nation Watch. And this tells my point. Alabama has two wins over top 20 teams, right? They, got a, they say they got a top 50 strength of schedule. Not a top 10 strength of schedule. They say Alabama got a top 50 strength of schedule. Okay? That's, that's them, right? That's them. But you, when you go down and look at Clemson, they uh, – uh, uh, Syracuse got 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 blasted by Wake Forest, who beat who beat Clemson, right? They got blasted. Uh, 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 NC State is kind of ranked, and then Georgia, who they beat, got humiliated. So I, I mean, they, who they played got. So you know, I think one of the things about it is those are the same things that are issues for Clemson as well. But we we're using that like so if 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 if. If Clemson would have beat Virginia Tech, you know, in Clemson, right? They beat them in Clemson. Then we don't use that same logic we just used for Iowa, who blasted Ohio State. Like I don't know why we're using different logic for for Iowa and Wisconsin's win than we would lose for anybody else. That's the part I'm saying we're not using the same criteria for for everybody. That's I, what I, that's no, the only point I'm making. There's one, there's one criteria that, unfortunately, be it fair or unfair. You got you got the Tuscaloosa Sabins, all right, against the uh, Madison Christ. That tells you all you need to know. And don't think for a second that that doesn't have anything to do with it. It has a lot to do with it. You're absolutely right. That's not a fair. But that play, shouldn't people. play out for that shouldn't play out for Clemson. That shouldn't play out for Oklahoma. That shouldn't play out for these other teams, though. 
Like that's one spot. Why is that playing out for everybody else? I know. When, when, when the ACC, when the ACC is not that dominant of a conference, like no, they're not. With. I agree with you. They're absolutely so, so not. How is, so how is it? How is how is that playing any different? Or I would argue the SEC East is not that dominant of a division. So no. like, so why is that playing? And the Big Twelve. Tell me when somebody gonna play some defense. That's no, not just right. offense. So 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 why so how how is it now that the Big Ten West, which you I argue has some pretty solid teams over there, are, is 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 uh, is is a problem for Wisconsin? That's the only it's, thing I'm putting in here. I'll tell you again, the Big Ten West, just like the SEC East. Okay, the Big Ten West was at Wisconsin and everybody else. All right, that's the problem with the Big Ten East. Uh, sorry, the Big Ten West, and the fact that at the end of this season, and Wisconsin will, 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 will you know, barring this weekend, go blue, uh, finish the season regular regular season undefeated, and they better, okay? It the, the Big Ten. I'm gonna tell you right now, the Big Ten's uh, um, attempt for the for the playoffs uh, rides with the Wisconsin Badgers. All right, Wisconsin is in a must win situation for the conference. D. Right now, they cannot cannot slip up against Michigan. (laughs) They cannot slip up in the last game of the season. If they lose, the Big Ten will not get a team in. All right, I'm telling you right now. If they lose to to any anybody, even if they lose to Ohio State, okay. If if Ohio State by chance gets to the Big Ten championship game, okay. If they lose, a two loss Ohio State team is not getting in this year. Or Wisconsin has got to go undefeated if the Big Ten is going to get. A team in the in the playoff this year. It all all the the, the pick tens future for that hinges on the Badgers. Period. And 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 that's because, like I said, is the narrative fair? I would say no, it's not fair. But it's Wisconsin, and and they're undefeated in what was already perceived, even though that they've tried to push it up as a very weak side of, of the Big Ten. You know, Georgia. Just when we talk about the SEC, they just so happen to beat Notre Dame, who everybody thought was good. Now they're fraud. Now watch what happens with those two teams this year. I mean, this, this week. Yeah, I, I think. I mean, and and that's the part I was I've been trying to say is like, you know, it's funny when I look at the way people evaluate the SEC teams, um, and it's really about a couple of teams historically. Like Vanderbilt has never been good. Kentucky no. has never been good. Uh, Mississippi State has only been kind of good recently. Ole Miss has only been kind of good recently. Like there, there are they have so many programs that have not been historically great, other than teams that have been coached by Saban, Urban Meyer, and then LSU. Like every once in a while, they'll have a team that bumped up. Georgia had always, but could never win the big game, right? South Carolina right. had a little run, but but when you look at that history over time, it's it's only been about a couple of different teams. Yet, like that that SEC East has been you could argue garbage for the most part. And what's been holding the SEC together has really been the SEC West for most of it, other than those years when you have Florida running. So it's like, but we don't use that same logic with any other team. And now Clemson all of a sudden gets a pass. When the ACC, other than really them in Miami, is pretty garbage. It's, it's bad. It is. 
it's all it's all it's like well we don't use that logic with anybody else. Yeah. I mean Oklahoma, I agree, is like and you and I talked about this, Oklahoma is a team that's interesting because Baker Mayfield and he just got a like I ain't losing kind of attitude. And right. they they tripped up, but he got he one of them kind of special cats you look at that just got this kind of <laughs> he walk in with and you just better ready to play. Like I don't care if it's Alabama. I don't care who it is. You know, and it, 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 he gonna have no moments, and he gonna you gonna have to, you might have to outscore him. You you got a kid like that that you gotta say okay, you gotta watch him. Like mm-hmm. he got something about him that you better just you better strap it up, especially now that he kind of feeling it. You know, you better you better be, and his team is believing in him, so he kind of hold mm-hmm. them together in a way that he plays against anybody. He could he could be the difference. Um, uh, and they're running back, and so they got their offense is so explosive that if their defense can get a couple of stops, it's, it almost makes me feel like when I watched Deshaun Watson over the past couple of years, like if the defense can do anything, defense can holds it together, keeps it going. Deshaun gonna find a way to win. I think I feel the same way with, about Baker. So yeah, I think you Oklahoma is an interesting. Even though I say the, the Big Twelve got a lot of garbage in it, Oklahoma is that team that they're that is team. ready for prime time. Ready they, for they're, time. they're dangerous because they can score. And what? Yep. And, and like I said, if you watch, which you didn't see a lot of, you saw some. You saw one team. They, their defense kind of dominated, but you have to ask yourself if you watch those games, did those teams truly dominate, or did the other team just kind of just lose their mind? Okay, yep. I watched the Auburn Georgia game. All right, Auburn got off to a quick start. Georgia lost their mind. Forgot how to play defense. Forgot how to play offense. Gone. Okay, totally lost it. Okay, I think that's what you're going to see right now in this climate of the playoffs. These teams are not as mentally tough as we as we think, as we thought. Okay, and this is an element D, that 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 uh, I don't think that as we move forward with this project, with this process, that 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 we're going to see a lot more of this than less of it, because as those teams that I said before start getting closer and closer to those top four, and they still got games left, how mentally tough are you? You know, because you got everybody saying in the press how talented you are, this, that, and the other thing. But I have seen teams that just just burn out. Georgia burned out. Um, uh, Notre Dame burnt out. Okay, those teams they, they 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 fizzled. If you want to say the same thing about Ohio State when they played Iowa, that was that was that was a burnout, man. That game, Penn State beat that team the following week. Because it took so much emotion for them to get over that hump that there was nothing left the following week. This is a this is an element. This is a component of college football right now that that's interesting. That that's that's really you're going to see some teams that you're going to like. Wow, that was a bad loss. And it's because you get down there, like I say, things start getting tight down down below. And and that's why you know, I know going back to our guests was on the show. That's why I can appreciate what I heard Garrett say about. The Badgers is that this is a team that had that he was there when they went down to that Big Ten championship and took that shellacking from uh, Ohio State Gary Anderson's last uh, game. I, I remember looking at that post game interview. I knew Gary Anderson probably was going to come back, and I, I've been I was close to I, I had a sense he wasn't coming back. He might have come back on that plane. Um, and, but they watched that. This is a team that you know went out and uh, you know uh, had some tough. Luck. So they've seen that, and they, you got some fifth year seniors and folks like that who keeping this team, just what you said, you know, it comes down to your leadership because it's 18 to 21 year olds who you got in the locker room who keeping these folks pretty even kill. 
Like this is where locker room policing is everything in your program. Do, have you built up your leaders enough to keep everybody's head on the right heel is really what this is going to come down. As you start to look, who's got the leaders in the locker room that when you get down, you know, like, like we saw last, you know, Wisconsin opens up, you know, they two pick sixes, boom, but they figure out how to keep it in there. You got Alabama got some leadership, you know, they struggle, but they got cats holding together in the locker room, helping them figure out how to get through tough, tough wins that they ain't panicking. Right. They're not panicking. You know, is that going to stay there? You're, you're right. In those moments when you're down late, can you figure out how to get back in? Do you got the, the leadership to hold everybody together? We've seen a couple of teams that are still kind of young fold. They're talented. You're right. But in these key moments, they fold it. You saw the frustration. So you're right. Who can hold that together is, is a lot of that neck up. You hitting it right on the head is what we're going to see going down the stretch when the pressure Man. mounts. Because you got teams that's going to be playing teams that ain't got nothing to lose, yep. and their seasons are going to be made by knocking off somebody, knocking somebody off the hill, and that's going to make for some very exciting theater going down to the mm. next two weeks. Mm. Well, this this has been good. This is this is RG One Mike, Hank, and I've been talking about how that plot thickens, and you know we're gonna be we're gonna be in Madison. Game day gonna be in Madison. Last time game team was in Madison. RSG was in Madison. That's when we did the RSG live. You know, we still got that on the uh, on the website. If you go to our Real Sports Guys uh, Facebook site, where we had the conversation between uh, 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 Chris Borland and Morris Claret, you know, we, we we I think we stole the show that weekend. Uh, it, 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 you never know uh, what's going to happen this weekend. You don't know what we're going to do. You know, this is Hank's first trip to Madison. I'm going to show him Actually, around. It's my second one, but it's my first game. Second. Oh, that's right. <laughs> because you came, you came before. You know, yeah. and that's the thing about this. People don't understand about this relationship between Michigan uh, and, 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 and Wisconsin. These are two really strong academic institutions. And one of the things I'll tell you this story. So I'm coming out of uh, Carbon World Health today. Get my checkup. My, y'all look, check my weight. Y'all check me out on Snapchat. If you're not on Snapchat, go see me on Snapchat. See how I'm progressing uh, or hit me up. Check me out on uh, Instagram. See how I'm progressing. So I was coming out, driving out. What do I see at the light? This car. What do I see on this car? A Michigan flag. I'm like, oh, Monday? But what it reminds me of is in both these cities, we got a lot. We hire each other's faculty, graduates for being on our faculty. (laughs) We check out each other's stuff. People do a lot of sharing uh, in terms of what's happening intellectually. There's still competition. Right. You have a lot happen between these institutions that a lot of people don't know um, uh, in terms of the academic relationship. So I know you were out there checking out something else that they were doing on the hospital side. So so these these institutions have different level of competition, collaboration, a lot of things happening. So we got faculty and staff at, at Wisconsin who did their undergraduate or graduate work at Michigan. And so they're there. We got people in Ann Arbor who did their undergraduate, graduate work at Wisconsin, they're on faculty. So you got a lot of stuff going on. It's going to be an interesting week. We got game day. We got Fox there. Uh, we, it's going to be hot, and we're going to keep y'all posted. Check us out. Follow us. We might do some Facebook Live. We might do an impromptu, one mic. You never know what Hank and I are going to do when we get together. You don't even know. You don't even know. But you know no, it's going to be fun. You know we're going to have fun doing it. <laughs> we're going to have fun doing it. 
We're going to catch it. It's going to be an exciting game. I think it's going to be a barn burner. It's going to be Jim Harbaugh's first visit to Camp Randall. And I'm going to tell you right now, when Hank, when you see that fourth quarter experience, when that music comes out, I know you're going to get chills up your spine. You're going to know you is college football. And this, oh, yeah. is what we, and, this, and this is what we know the plot is really going to thicken. And so we're going to let my boy Hank, we're going to let Hank drop the mic. Since he's coming to, since he's coming to my spot, I'm going to let you drop the mic tonight to close the show out for, since you come into Madison, I'm going to host you right now. Well, you know what? I'm going to tell you right now, I appreciate your hospitality already. Listen, I, you know, we, we've spent the majority of our time here talking about college football. It is the purest of football sport. Folks, you can go anywhere around the nation starting tomorrow night going all the way to Saturday, and you can go and see stadiums on college campuses across the country of people, and the stadiums are packed, and they're full, and they're enthusiastic, and you got people that just are so excited to be there, and it's just joy, and it's just fun, and it's just pageantry, and you name it. But the rebuttal to that is what's happening right now on the professional side of football. The NFL right now is so caught up in turmoil with all the politics and all the bravado and what's going on with the commissioner that is taken away from what the sport is supposed to be, and it's just that. It's supposed to be a sport. It's supposed to be a breakaway from the realities of life and go out here and root for whatever team colors you want to root for. NFL. I got a rule. I got I got news for you. You're losing your fan base. You're losing the interest of people because you've turned it into a corporation. And it's, guess what? It is a game. It is a game that people have grown up with. It is a game that people sit down for and prepare for. You need to step back, step out, look in the mirror, look around you, look at the young people around you, look at the college game, look at what they're doing, look at how they are continuing to keep that enthusiasm up. You're blowing it. You're blowing it. Figure it out. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.